The idea of job security is outdated as a landline. If you haven't been in a search for a while, it's probable you will at some point, by choice or not. Most executives admit to staying way too long or sense what's coming and justify staying anyway. Here, there's another reason. The faulty belief that navigating to what's next will inevitably be worse and has to suck. Screw that. Lauren Greif has spent a lifetime in corporate and executive search, calling bullshit on stale career advice that most still use. This is Career Blast in a Half, the career podcast for executives ready to cut past outdated career advice to fuel your outcomes now. So let's go. Episode 10, we made it to double digits. I'm pretty fired up about that. And on episode 10, we have unapologetic introvert, Hannah Morgan. Hannah Morgan calls herself that because she is that quiet power and strength, working diligently day and night, weekends, in fact, to help keep job seekers and people in the career arena well-informed, to be proactive, not reactive in their job search. This is super important because, to be honest with you, not a lot of people like treat this as a proactive plan in their life. And that's part of her mission is really to educate professionals about the new rules and also just a prolific writer who has been recognized by the best of the best. I mean, Forbes and Monster and USA Today and Fast Company and US World and News Reports. I mean, literally, you could throw like a pencil and you're going to find something that Hannah Morgan has her stamp on. But what we're talking about today, as far as being proactive and zooming past that stinky, outdated career advice, is something that will never get old. It will never be out of style. And that is the truism behind the fact that people hire people. Hannah Morgan, thank you for joining. Hey, thank you so much. And congratulations on episode 10. This is going to be great. Looking forward to it. So before we get into the real topic, I want you to explain to us, you've had such a deep, I mean, you have like 315,000 followers. If you are the unapologetic introvert, how did you develop that following and how did you become like this thought leader in the career space? Well, I'd like to think that I'm the typical person that if I can do it, anybody can do it because I <laughs> I am in shock every time I see whatever happens. Like it just sort of magically appears. I've been fortunate enough to be sort of on the front edge of writing and talking about job search before there were a lot of people writing and talking about it. And just being an early adapter, early adopter, gave me sort of a head start and helped me get recognized. But you can't just be the first. You have to continually produce good content. And I love scoping out, scooping up cool things that are happening in the industry. Like that's what keeps me awake at night. That's what I love doing is learning about what are recruiters doing now? What do we need to be doing to best reach them? So I just love, like that's my geekiness. I love staying on top of what's happening in the world of recruiting and hiring. 
and helping job seekers understand how to position themselves for that. And that drives me to create content, to talk to people, to do all the things that I do. Yes. And I'm going to make a plug for your Sunday summary. So, I mean, how long have you been doing that? Come on. Like 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. So we'll include that link in the show notes. But let me just remind you guys, if you want the headline, the top line, get this Sunday summary. Hannah's aggregation of what is happening is just absolutely stunning. And she is so generous about supporting other coaches and other people in the industry. So, you know, she's doing this completely out of the goodness of her heart in service for job seekers, but also to support others in the industry. And I've been the great benefactory of that. So thank you for being every week. And I just want to give one other sort of correlating point to this is that I do it because I like to do it, right? And I'm helping others. But we in this career space are not acting alone. We're all better when we work together. And it's not just our industry. That is the beauty of every industry. When you work together with people that are doing cool things that interest you, everybody wins. And that's sort of another tie to the people hire people, right? Find your tribe, find your clan, find those people that you love interacting with and learning from and hook your wagon up to them because good things will happen. As an introvert, I do not go out there and seek people out, but I have no problem reaching out to somebody else who I have a common interest with, like a passion for something that makes it an easy connect. Holy. So I want the Hannah Morgan rub on what you mean when you say people hire people. Now, here's the caveat. Hold on. I want you to say it in a way and explain it in a way that people are not going like, no shit, Sherlock. Like, we know that, but I want them to hear the nuances and the hidden power behind this. Because it's not as straight as it sounds. I know. And it might come across a little yucky when I say it, but I've sat on the other side of the hiring desk. I've hired hundreds of people for a call center. I've talked to hiring managers. I've talked to recruiters. So if hiring were as easy as looking at somebody's resume and plunking that person who has all the right skills in a job that requires all those skills, why would we have interviews? We wouldn't. And as awful as it's going to sound, like, I don't want to hire an asshole. If I can't see myself working alongside you, I don't care how talented and smart you are and capable. I don't want to work with somebody that I can't see being able to work with. And so that's where the value of the interview comes in and then everything in between. That is why relationships matter. And I've said for the longest time, we have to become more likable. We're all quirky. Like, I've got quirks. We've all got quirks. But sometimes those quirks are endearing. And sometimes those quirks make us more likable. But if you're that person that is stone cold and I can't find out what you're all about, I've got hesitancies. I'm like, well, okay, this person's good at their job, but I don't know what else is going on behind that, those, those shadows. Or if you come across somebody who is really rigid 
and I'm looking for somebody who can be more flexible, that becomes a reason why I'm not going to like you for this role. So I think there's a lot that we have to think about besides just being skilled, qualified for a job, because that likability factor is key. And it's hard to get feedback on that, right? Who's going to tell you you're not likable? I know who's going to tell you you're not likable, your friends and family. They're the ones who are most likely to say, have you ever thought about the fact that maybe people just don't like you? Right. And that's a rough thing to say. Like you said, they're not going to divulge that. So I'm going to dive into the pool of assholes and ask you specifically, what do you see? Not obvious, like this person didn't say thank you or this. What are some of the more subtle and more unobvious, maybe people with a lack of self-awareness? What are some of the asshole behaviors that unknowingly can come out when you are in the job search? Your top three, what would be like, oh my God, look out for these because you could be wearing, you know, the asshole badge. (laughs) And we've seen this. And then it makes me sad because when we're under, when job seekers are under a lot of stress, they act in ways that are irrational and not within their zone of comfort. And so emotional intelligence and understanding where you're vulnerable and where you need to improve is important, right? That's a whole nother conversation. But we have seen this. It is that job seeker who gets the rejection notice, whether it's a good rejection notice or a bad one, you know, sometimes they're more detailed than others. Sorry, we've gone, we've moved forward with another candidate. And this job seeker writes back, well, I didn't want this stinking job anyway. You didn't treat me well. And I had to wait in the lobby and nobody paid any attention to me. Like they use that opportunity to vent and express their displeasure, which doesn't serve either. And Notory asshole, right? Notory asshole. Good. And then there's the complaining asshole. And then the complaining asshole has nothing nice to ever say about anything. They complain about their past boss. They complain about how awful they've been treated. They complain that nothing has been their fault, that their clients don't understand them. They're just complainer. Okay, complainer, asshole. And then the third victim of this process. Mm, Gosh, now you made the pressures on. I definitely know the complainer. I definitely know the trouble. How about, okay, so this is the secret one. The person who is withholding, the withholder asshole. The withholder asshole is stone cold and you really can't get a good read on who they are. They're not going to give you a really good answer. They give very general answers. They're afraid to reveal anything that might come across too personal. So they may not tell you that they... I'm just trying to think what they wouldn't tell you. Golder asshole, I think that that's really good, is that person also who could be, I'm going to take some license here, very opaque, right? They're just like very surface. Yes. And so I think that that's a really good one, right? Like they don't want you to quote unquote know them, but you're supposed to hire them because they have these qualifications and those two things really don't talk to each other, right? Correct, right. Because of this, but I'm going to work here and spend all a third of my life and you don't need to know me. Right. I'm a very private person, they'll say, right? I'm really private. Yeah. I'm going to add in one more. I'm going to add in the taker asshole. I love the taker asshole. The taker asshole is the asshole 
that is doing all the right things in the search, but the ulterior motive is I need this job and I need it now. And what that means is that just like, let's get down to business and hire me without necessarily building the relationship and the engagement. Yeah. They're treating it like a kamikaze mission. Like, let me just get this job. I don't care what happens in between here and there. I love, I just need that job. Right. Exactly. So that was the bonus asshole in case you. That's a good. All right. We should probably have five, but that's all right. <laughs> that's all right. Yes. Yeah, we can add in another one maybe at the end. Don't <laughs> hang around, you'll get a, a bonus asshole. <laughs> but in one of the things that we talked about pre-coming on here, Lauren, was also the fact that there's something that a lot of people reference in, in the world of hiring and in, in training people how to search for jobs. And it's either, as you call it, the tarmac test. I've heard it called the airport test. Talk to me about, about the tarmac test. Like, what is, because we both share the tarmac test. I'd like to think we passed. Yeah. So you tell them what you mean by the tarmac test. So I ask my clients this all the time, right? Can you pass the tarmac test? Because we know what happens in business travel, but even if you're not traveling, still you can run this test, right? Can somebody hang out with you on a flight delay or sitting on the tarmac and actually want to engage with you? Maybe not for the whole four hours, so it's not automatic, oh my goodness, I need to put my earbuds in, and this person is so annoying, and the only reason why we're traveling together is because we have to, not because I want to. Right, absolutely. We can tell pretty quickly if we're going to enjoy having a conversation with somebody. And I think that there's a lot, but let's think proactively, right? I think that one of the things that we all need to be better at, and I'm guilty of this as well, is we need to be better conversationalists, right? And being a good conversationalist does not mean you do all the talking. A good conversationalist asks great open-ended questions and shows great interest in what the answers are and asks good follow-up questions. I have a cousin, my husband's cousin, and she is the best conversationalist. And I know what she's doing, but I still, it doesn't matter because she just makes me like talking to her. And I think that that's a skill we don't work on enough and it doesn't get enough attention is how can you be a good conversationalist and work on that? Which Absolutely. requires listening. And introverts, oh, by the way, are really good listeners. Excellent listeners. And listening is literally one of the top priorities for me. And I impart that with my clients every single year. I strive and every single day, in fact, I strive to be a better listener because I got a big mouth and I can talk a lot. And that doesn't serve anybody, to be honest with you. So I need to do a much better job of listening to be so that that person knows that they've been heard. And I think that's also really subtle nuance. And of course, that threads through empathy and all those other adjacencies. And it makes us human. Well, that helps build that person to person connection is there are those listening skills. And I think, again, when we're stressed, when we're anxious, when we don't feel good about ourselves, we're not at our peak performance when it comes to being a conversationalist. We just can't be. Exactly. So people hire people because help us, Hannah. I mean, what are the opposites of, you know, the asshole tell times? What says in a hiring manager's mind, 
this person is like a rock star. Like I want them to meet the rest of the team. In fact, I want them to meet my board. I may even want them to be the face of my company. So how does somebody develop, in your words, likability, great conversation? How does somebody, what are those hallmarks that our audience can think about and then hone in on? I would like to say it's such an individual question. Like we each have different qualities that make us a rock star, right? So my quality that would make me a rock star is my passion for loving everything related to the trends in job search. That's what makes me able to write about it, to speak passionately about it, to get enthusiastic, to meet people. So that's for me, I think that's my rock star quality. That makes you likable because of your commitment and dedication. Yes. And I would say a thousand percent because I know that I would go to you and trust you with anything in the industry because of that depth of knowledge. And let's just face it, as we talked about earlier, the years of consistent, continuous learning around it. It's not just that you have the experience, it's that you are also sharing that thought leadership. So I know that you're doing that's true. Not just like a, a check the box or anything like that. And I never want to call myself an influence or whatever, because what I know is that nobody has all the right answers, right? And I am constantly learning. And I think that's another component of what makes somebody a rock star is that you're not afraid to say that you're wrong. You're not afraid to admit that you don't know everything, but you know how to build that team around you that would fill in the the voids and knowledge. Like we don't have to be the end all be all. We don't have to have all the answers. We just have to know where to go to get those answers and have experience building that talent around us. So everybody has that in the ability to be a rock star. Everybody has that ability to drive likability, connection, which is probably the, you know, the close cousin to likability is wanting to connect and drive great conversations, build rapport. I'm going to share this with you because I want to show the range of the difference of what makes people want to hire people. And I'm going to speak from my personal experience. People want to work with me because of my energy. Like I never knew that that was a thing. I get that a lot. People like me for my energy. That sounds so weird right? It's not a skill. I didn't like, I'm not like, I didn't go to school for this. I don't have a degree in energy. I didn't do anything. This is a part of who I am and the state of being that I want you guys to be able to look at to identify for yourself. So it could be that you're quick-witted. It could be that you are, you know, somebody that really does a great job of explaining things or supporting other people. We see so many people on LinkedIn that are lifting people up. I want to hire that person. That's the thing. And so look at it from also a little bit of a esoteric level because you can't necessarily put your finger on it. Like I said, I didn't know it was a thing until I started like hearing this over and over and over and over again. People are like, wow, you know, who knew? And I think we can sort of assess this by asking people who know us, right? Just like we could ask somebody, am I an asshole? We can say, why do you like working with me? What is, what qualities, what do I do that you, that has made you enjoy working with me? And I think that if we ask enough people that question, 
we're going to hear that answer. And then the challenge is, how do I capitalize on that? How do I make this come out? How do I show this so that everybody can see? And the reality is not everybody is going to want to hire you for that, right? So that's where we have to get be okay with, you know what, if they don't appreciate my quick-wittedness, then I don't want to work for you anyway. Other people have enjoyed it. They've told me that. So I've just got to find the right group of people that enjoy can, and appreciate that. Right. So I also just want to put out there that I think that there is one area that is, I want to say, universal that can help people develop that level of likability and hireability. And this is, I'm going out on a little bit of a limb here, is vulnerability. And I will tell you, not just from personal experience, but I've seen it happen over and over and over again. And you talked about it earlier, right? You said, you know, the humility to say I was wrong, that's a vulnerable, but that immediately draws people closer. And it's so hard when you're in a job search and you're feeling vulnerable to actually understand the kind of vulnerability that draws people away and the kind that draws them towards because you don't want vulnerable and say, I'm so, I feel so crappy that I've been rejected five times this week. But you do want to be vulnerable and saying, you know what? Like, this has been a haul and I'm happy to be here because this is, you know, something that I really, that is really important to me. So make sure that you are weighing in the level of vulnerability and using it as an attraction, not as a repellent. And I will say women have a tendency to be self-deprecating versus being vulnerable. So don't harm yourself in your attempt to be vulnerable. There's no need to bring yourself down, right? If that's what your first instinct is, please stop. Don't do that. I'm not, I've had mock interviews with a lot of women who've said, you know, I may not have been the best at this, but like, why do you even need to say that? Mm -hmm. It's all in the word choice that we use. And if you start off by saying, I may not be the best in a skill that you're looking to hire for, then that's what's going to stick in somebody's mind. You can still be vulnerable and express a similar concept, but it ends with, this is why this is not an obstacle, because th these are hurdles that I have faced and climbed before. Yeah, exactly. So vulnerable is not the same as being humble and self-deprecating. I had this feeling, and maybe it's true or not true, that a lot of people are going, why are they talking so much about this people hire people? Like, like I have a great LinkedIn profile. Like, I have the resume. I did all my research. Because if it was that simple, like you said earlier, if it was that simple, it wouldn't be the wild card. <laughs> right. Absolutely. And that's where the person, the human contact comes into play, right? If you are only using paper and digital media to get your message out, how, and that's not working, it's not netting you a job, then guess what? There's a missing element here. People don't feel they know, like, and trust you, right? right? So, addressing next factor, right? So, that's how you have to fix it. And anybody can do that, right? Anybody, especially with a healthy dose of self-awareness and a desire to want to change it. Desire to want to change it, right? Because it's very easy to say, I don't like networking. It's not my, my style. I'm not going to do it. And you can stick, you can die on that mountain. That's fine. But I think people do it 
personally on a personal level, but don't really consider that networking. So this is my thing. Don't network with people you don't know. You should never have to cold call and reach out to people that you don't know. Why not start with the people that you do know? Your friends, your family, the the people that you used to work with, your dentist, your doctor, your lawyer, your financial planner. Start with those people because if you are being vulnerable, explaining to them what you're looking to do next and you're clear about the direction you want to go in and you're telling people this, they want to help. And if they know anybody, they're going to make that introduction. They're going to say, oh, you should speak to Jimmy. He's the right person for you to talk to. Exactly. So many of you know me. I just want to make sure that like people don't think that I am also a hypocrite because I'm a big fan of reaching out to people cold. But what I think that Hannah is also saying is get your warm up with the people who are warmer, right? Like get the kinks out there because they're going to be more forgiving because they already know you and perfect that conversation so that you are building the rapport, explaining your value proposition, really articulating what you're looking for next. Use those people who already know you, who don't, where the stakes may not be as high. Absolutely. Thank you. And I will say, I'm still not a huge fan of cold calling and I, I know that it can work, right? And when done right, it can work better. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to jump to the signature questions because I always love to like hear what's happening for you and like the real, the real stuff. So, and it can be yours too. So, cause Hannah's an, a published author, whether it's on this topic or otherwise, your most recommended go to career book. Mm. Wow. I don't know if I could choose just one, but the one that I recommend to most people almost all the time is 60 Seconds and You're Hired by Robin Ryan. Mm. 60 Seconds and You're Hired by Robin Ryan. We'll include that in the show notes. Fantastic. Second one is, most people know, I'm a big fan of the Post-it. So what Post-it do you want people to write out in concert with this episode? Mm. (sighs) Well, so first... I want them to know people hire people. There you go. Right. Right. Just keep it. Let's keep it real simple. Keep reminding yourself that and keep that front and center as you are talking to people in your search. And then the last question, and I should say your career too, because like just because you're hired doesn't mean that you need to like park these skills. Not at right. all. Right. Not at all. Okay. Like, like forever and always. And then the last one is, oh, I'm dying to hear this. What's your walk-up song? Oh, I wish it were okay. From a big perspective, it's got to be September. Earth, wind, and fire. Bringing it on. I like it. Oh, oh, awesome. 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 Wow. Thank you, Hannah Morgan. I am just super crazy gaga. Like people connect with great people, good people know good people, and people hire people. You really brought it on today, big time. I loved our conversation. And thank you for everything that you do for job seekers and for all the collaborators that I had the great honor of being a part of. Keep rocking it, Lauren. You're doing a great job. My pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining today. We appreciate your listening ears. Big time. We ask this, use these tools, not tomorrow, right now, and share them by spreading the love. 
leaving us a rating and subscribe so you don't miss the next career blast in a half. Most of all, thank you for you.